Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. And it needs to say, I'm a thoughtful person. And I appreciate you. And I know exactly what you like. All at the same time. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz fan, the zen seeker, the artist, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. A gifting moment is always around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Gift easy with Gift Mode on Etsy. The CBS Evening News, coming up next. Today's CBS Evening News podcast is sponsored by Oral-B Electric Toothbrushes. Oral-B's dentist-inspired brush head is designed to surround each tooth for a better clean than a manual brush. For a limited time only, use code CBSNEWS10 to receive 10% off your purchase at Oral-B.com. Breaking news tonight, prosecuting the president. Democrats in the House deliver articles of impeachment to the Senate only to be told, come back tomorrow. Why were the newly appointed House managers turned away? Plus the new evidence they say could change the direction of the president's trial. Drama in the cockpit, the new audio inside that Delta flight as it dumped tens of thousands of gallons of fuel over L.A. Tonight, what the pilot told air traffic controllers just moments before he released that jet fuel. Coast to coast, a powerful storm out west now set to blast snow, ice and rain across much of the country. More than 200 million Americans in its path. Deadly crash, a pickup truck slams into a van filled with college athletes. The sports star who set a world record killed just a day after her birthday. Dangerous fake phone calls, a Virginia teenager charged with calling in hundreds of false reports of active shootings and bomb threats. Tonight, the victims, prosecutors say he was targeting. School bus attack, a five-year-old girl pinned down, assaulted by older students. Tonight, a mother's demand for answers. Leader for life, stunning moves tonight by Russia's President Vladimir Putin. Why did his entire government just quit? The power play now raising fears worldwide. Back to work, Meghan Markle visiting a women's shelter, Prince Harry making a royal announcement. Tonight, the looming deadline set by the Queen and their possible plans for a new life in Canada. And how did two guys in a food truck end up running a top place to eat in America? This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news tonight because the votes have been taken, the players are named, and the stage is set for the historic impeachment trial of President Trump. Late today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi signed those articles of impeachment, followed moments later by the newly appointed House managers walking the documents to the Senate. But even as the House takes its last formal steps on the eve of the Senate trial, there are new questions tonight about what happens next. 
New evidence has emerged from a key figure close to Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, and a small group of renegade Senate Republicans could break ranks and vote to allow witness testimony. Nancy Cordes leads off our coverage tonight from Capitol Hill. For just the third time in history, House impeachment managers marched articles of impeachment across the Capitol. But the Republican-led Senate chose not to accept the articles and told the group to come back tomorrow. At the hour of 12 noon on Thursday, January 16, 2020, the Senate will receive the managers on the part of the House of Representatives. The seven managers, four men and three women, will serve as the prosecution. The White House said today it's still finalizing the president's defense team. I could use some good lawyers, right? Yeah, to hell with it. I just have to suffer through it the way I have all my life. Democrats are hoping to push the Senate to call new witnesses by releasing new evidence supplied by businessman Lev Parnas, who is an associate of the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Parnas's notes suggest that he, too, pushed Ukraine to investigate President Trump's campaign rival, Joe Biden. The scheme, according to text messages from last March, even involved surveillance of the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, whom Giuliani viewed as an impediment. She got fired finally, but she was blocking it. In one text, Trump donor Robert Hyde wrote, they are moving her tomorrow. The guys over there, they asked me what I would like to do and what is in it for them. Hyde, who is now running for Congress in Connecticut, dismissed that exchange as simply some texts my buddies and I wrote back to some dweeb, Parnas, who we were playing with. Giuliani told CBS News today that he has no idea about allegations of Parnas tracking the ambassador's movements. He warned that Parnas, who is facing federal campaign finance charges, could have written his notes recently to be self-serving. We want to make sure that we are not being used. We Democrats sure acknowledge Parnas has some credibility issues. You think he may not be a reliable witness? Somebody who's been indicted for f multiple felonies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are questions of credibility there. And Nancy joins us from the Capitol. The chief justice of the Supreme Court will be there tomorrow to swear in 100 senators. And I understand they have to sit quietly through the trial. That's right. For hours on end every day, Nora, they can't talk to their fellow senators. They can't bring in electronic devices. They can't even bring in reading materials unless those materials are related to the trial. The White House predicted rather optimistically today that this trial would last just two weeks. But most lawmakers believe that the opening arguments alone could take nearly that long. It's going to be tough for those senators who like to talk rather than listen. Thank you, Nancy. All right, tonight a powerful winter storm is set to blow across the country, dumping snow, ice and rain on millions along the way. Wind and slushy roads set a big, sent a big regatta control today, jackknifing on Interstate 5 in Washington State. Lonnie Quinn from WCBS-TV in New York joins us. So, Lonnie, where's this storm heading? It's basically going to go from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's going to cover basically the entire country in its track. Currently, the center circulation is offshore of the Pacific Northwest. By the time we get to tomorrow morning, let's say rush hour, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, San Francisco, you're going to be dealing with some very heavy rain out there. The Sierra Nevada, you've got some very heavy snow that is falling. It continues its track from West to East. And by the time we get to, let's take it all the way until, say, Friday, 
rush hour, 5 p.m. Chicago, you're starting off with some snow that will turn over to rain. But for Minneapolis, it's snow for you, and I think it stays mostly snow for you in Minneapolis. St. Louis, you've got some icing problems out there, and that can be dangerous. Then this storm will make its way into the northeast. Now, the northeast cities, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, you have not had much of a winter so far. This doesn't look to be too huge for you, but north of the area, up around, say, Buffalo, that's where we could be seeing like a foot of snow or more. Two feet of snow, I think, will fall in the Sierra Nevada. That's where we'll probably find the biggest numbers with this storm. By Sunday, it's offshore. It's no longer a threat. Nora? All right, Lonnie, thank you. Tonight, there are new questions surrounding the Delta jetliner that dumped all that fuel over Los Angeles. Flight 89, bound for China, turned back just after taking off and made an emergency landing. Chris Van Cleve tonight on what the pilots did and didn't tell the tower. The FAA is now investigating why this Delta 777 descending into the Los Angeles airport dropped at least 10,000 gallons of jet fuel, much of it on a densely populated part of the city. I was scared. Students and teachers at more than 20 L.A. schools reported feeling the ill effects of the falling fuel. Air traffic controllers knew the plane bound for Shanghai had an engine problem forcing it to return to LAX, but didn't know the pilots planned to dump fuel, despite asking twice. You need to hold and burn fuel. We've got it back under control. We're going to come back to LAX. We're not uh, critical. Okay, so you don't need to hold the dump fuel or anything like that? Uh, Negative. But they did anyway. Pilots are supposed to tell controllers if they're going to dump fuel and will then be directed where to do so, typically over water or an unpopulated stretch of land, with the plane at at least eight to 10,000 feet up. But Flight 89 dropped fuel as low as 2,300 feet. I've never heard of this happening in 35 years. It's highly unusual. Nor you want that extra altitude so the fuel has time to dissipate before it gets to the ground. That didn't happen here. Delta tells us they're still working to fully understand what did happen here. Now, pilots are given a lot of leeway in responding to an emergency. The focus here, of course, was getting the 165 people on that plane on the ground safely. And the safety of the people who felt some of that fuel. All right, thank you. A 19-year-old man accused of being part of a nationwide ring of white supremacists appeared in federal court in Virginia today. Now, he is charged in a wave of swatting attacks. That's making false 911 calls, prompting SWAT teams to move in on unsuspecting victims. Here's Jeff Pegues. John Kelly was charged with being part of a right-wing group that engaged in swatting, calling in fake bomb threats and active shooter reports around the country allegedly targeting African-Americans and Jews. U.S. Attorney Zachary Terwilliger is prosecuting the case. They were white supremacists? It's a group that the uh, FBI believes is um, related to white supremacy. In November of 2018, court documents say a member of the group called police to say he had placed three pipe bombs at this African-American church in Alexandria, Virginia, and would kill everyone at the church. The church was evacuated, But it was a hoax. Kelly's group is charged with making fake calls to 134 different law enforcement agencies. From celebrity homes in Los Angeles to an airport in Florida, swatting is a serious problem. I'll give you 10 minutes. 10 minutes? $20,000. This gamer was swatted while playing online. You have individuals showing up in a fast-paced manner, thinking they're showing up at the next potential mass shooter event. Imagine the chaos, cost, and diversion of resources that that causes. Investigators say Kelly also targeted his former school, Old Dominion University, in November of 2018. The day that happened, police actually shut the university down. 
Today, the judge ruled that he should be held in custody at least until his next court hearing. Nora. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now to this story. There is heartbreak tonight at the College of the Holy Cross in Massachusetts. A star member of the women's rowing team was killed in a crash in Florida today. Here's Nikki Batiste. Champion college rower Grace Red was killed a day after her 20th birthday. When younger children were victims, they, you know, it hit its home. The College of the Holy Cross crew team was in Florida preparing for an upcoming competition when a pickup truck slammed into a van carrying the athletes early this morning. The students were initially trapped inside. More than a dozen people were injured, including the truck driver. My thoughts are really with Grace's family and with her teammates. Rhett was a sophomore studying English and psychology and recently set a world record, rowing for 62 hours nonstop. Grace was a light to all who knew her. She was incredibly passionate and hardworking. Police say a preliminary investigation shows the van turned into the path of a pickup truck. At least three of the Holy Cross team members are in critical condition. Nikki Batiste, CBS News, New York. Today, President Trump hailed a partial trade agreement with China that aims to ease tensions with the world's second largest economy. China has agreed to buy $200 billion in U.S. goods over the next two years and will stop requiring U.S. firms to share technology as the price of doing business in China. In return, the U.S. will lower tariffs on some Chinese goods. Now to some disturbing video tonight of a five-year-old being attacked on her school bus in Dallas with no one coming to her aid. This hits home for many parents because more than half of American children ride buses to school. Tonight, the victim's mother is demanding action. Omar Villafranca reports. The troubling video from inside the school bus shows the five-year-old girl being assaulted multiple times. First, by an older student in pink sitting next to her and then by a student from behind. Then the boy moves closer to continue his barrage of slaps. At some point, she screams for the bus driver to help. But no help ever comes. I lost my mind. I, I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe that there was an adult there that could have stopped it. The incident happened last November during a 45-minute commute from her Dallas Public Charter School. At one point during the assault, you can hear her crying. He heard cries of help, and he chooses to do nothing, and it could have been stopped within the first two minutes of the attack. The abuse ended after some 12 minutes with her grandmother picking her up at the bus stop. I think the bus driver needs to be removed. If he didn't protect my child, is he going to protect anyone else's? The mother tells us her five-year-old no longer takes the bus to her school behind us. Dallas ISD released a statement that said they take student safety very seriously. They have provided more monitoring, and they added that bus driver is now on another route. Nora? All right, Omar, thank you. In a surprise today, every top member of Russia's government resigned. Everyone but Vladimir Putin. He's been in charge since 2000, longer than any Russian or Soviet leader since Stalin ruled for 29 years. Charlie Daggett reports on what today's shakeup means. 
It's seen as a power grab straight out of the President Vladimir Putin playbook. In a shock move, Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev announced that he and the entire Russian government were stepping down just hours after Putin announced sweeping constitutional changes that set the stage for him to continue calling the shots long after his presidential term ends in 2024. Since climbing to power 20 years ago, Putin's rule over Russia has been carefully choreographed, projecting the image of the fearless leader with unchecked political power. It's the biggest shakeup the Russian government has seen in just over a decade. Putin announced reforms that will curb the clout of any future president, redistributing power just as he pivots to a new role post-office. But Putin's approval ratings have sunk to near-record lows, blamed in part on a stagnating economy that has suffered under crippling Western sanctions. Frustration and anger has erupted in anti-Putin protest, and it's unclear whether this time Russians will be willing to accept the indefinite extension of an all-powerful leader who may be planning to outstay his welcome. Now, one thing that's always boosted his popularity back home is the way he stands up to the United States. Now he poses a problem not just for the next four years, but for the foreseeable future. Nora? All right, Charlie, thank you. There's breaking news tonight from Utah. A twin-engine plane has crashed in a neighborhood about three miles from the airport in Roy. That's just north of Salt Lake City. It narrowly missed townhouses as it burst into flames. Debris landed on the roof of a nearby building. No word yet tonight on injuries. With a deadline looming about their future royal roles, Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle took a few steps back into the public spotlight today. Harry was on Instagram while Meghan made a surprise appearance in Vancouver. Carter Evans reports on the royal reveals. This is the royal's way of saying nothing to see here. There's Meghan at a women's shelter in Canada. The Invictus Games will travel to a new country. And today we're hearing from Harry for the first time since news of the royal exit. Tomorrow he'll make his first public appearance at Buckingham Palace for the Rugby World Cup draw. But behind the scenes, the crisis talks continue with Harry staying in London, hashing out the decisions the Queen demanded within the coming days. Everyone is all smiles, despite what the tabloids say. With their insatiable pursuit of the royals, the paparazzi have already tracked down Meghan in Canada, here now with baby Archie. It was her home for seven years while filming the TV series Suits. Nobody likes a show off. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is rolling out the welcome map. There is a general feeling of appreciation for the Sussexes. For now, the Duke and Duchess are managing their own message to repair what has become a fractured fairy tale. Carter Evans, CBS News. Okay, the top place to eat in the country doesn't take reservations, and good luck finding a table. Jonathan Vigliotti visited this unexpected culinary gem. In San Diego's South Park, the line stretches around the corner. Okay, perfect. The shawarma guys don't have an exclusive address or a single Michelin star, but they do have four tires. And according to Yelp's new Top 100 list, based on customer reviews... The Middle Eastern cuisine cooked up in this food truck is so impressive, it's now the number one restaurant in the country. So what's the secret to working in a small kitchen? 
lose weight. No. Lose <laughs> Iraqi American chef and jack of all trades Brian Zetto opened up in front of his friend's liquor store 11 months ago after he quit his job selling cell phones. His father, Samer, is one of the sous chefs. Everything's kept fresh. There's even crowd control. What are the most popular dishes that we should get? It's going to be the beef bait. The key ingredient, Wagyu beef from Australia. It's really delicious. It's like butter. We would have regulars like come three, four times a week. Some, some people would come twice a day. Chicken pita beef place. Yelp chose Zetto after he got a perfect five stars in nearly all 500 online reviews. But he's hardly a celebrity chef. He's most comfortable in the kitchen, where he serves up to 900 plates a day. The business quad, like literally quadrupled overnight. Yeah, we had lines like a block and a half up. The best part, he says, driving a dream with his family in the passenger seat. Anything for my kids. Anything for my son to be to be successful. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News, San Diego. I'm still thinking about that shawarma. <laughs> On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, how a violinist is helping new audiences rediscover long-forgotten classical music by black composers. And one of them was the envy of Mozart. Pretty cool. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. I hope you have a good dinner. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Good night. <laughs> Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.